The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2986. We're going to continue our series of looks at Andor. Okay, I said I thought we were going to do just one Andor Monday, but we did kind of. I mean, we did that yesterday, but now we're going to talk about something else that's Andor related, and we're going to go for a couple of days on it. This is the Rogue One visual guide, and it has a lot of interesting information about Cassian, about Mothma, and about the state of the galaxy. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So once again, thank you so much for liking and retweeting and sharing my proposed questions for a Mark Hamill conversation and this time I'm just going to put the one link to the pinned tweet which has the whole thread of all seven questions that I'm proposing for the conversation. That's all on Twitter for the podcast. It's SW7x7podcast. That'll be there for you to check out and if you think these questions are awesome or interesting, you'd like to hear Mark answer them in a conversation, then please like, retweet, share, let Mark know that you are interested in hearing this conversation happen. And thank you again so much for your support of me as we do this and as we approach 3,000 episodes of the podcast, which happens actually two weeks from today is episode 3,000. All right, so let's talk about Rogue One, the ultimate visual guide. And I have to say that when I initially started looking back at it, I did not expect to do more than one episode around the information that's in there because I thought, you know, it's just about Rogue One. So we're probably not going to dig a heck of a lot into it, but I guess we are. Because as it turns out, there's a lot of information in there that relates to the state of the galaxy as we're going to find it five years before the events of Rogue One and A New Hope also. This is written by Pablo Hidalgo, and this thing is enormous. It's like 200 pages long. It is the biggest visual guide by far. And Pablo sets the tone of things like this. It says, For years, the Galactic Empire has ruled the galaxy with an oppressive fist, curtailing freedoms in the name of increased security. Ever since the last embers of the Clone Wars cooled, scattered resistance movements have fanned the flames of rebellion, particularly in the galaxy's outer rim. And then it goes on to say, An alliance has been forged between these rebel cells and sympathetic senators in the insulated core worlds who funnel them supplies and aid. Such acts of dissent have not gone unnoticed by the Emperor who readies his ultimate solution for ensuring the galaxy bows down to his rule, a battle station capable of destroying entire worlds. The Empire develops this super weapon far from the prying eyes of the Senate. Now, one of the things that we learn from the timeline is that the Death Star is right now, as the Andor series starts, at Scarif. It is being finished at Scarif, which is sort of the hub of the Imperial Industrial Military Complex. And speaking of that military-industrial complex, the galactic map says that the territory ceded by Separatists after their defeat in the Clone Wars spread the borders of Imperial space to limits far beyond the boundaries of the Galactic Republic. To police these expansive regions, the Empire instituted uh, an unprecedented military buildup. 
and much of the Imperial War Machine is housed in the Outer Rim, home to the most lawless sectors and far from the Senate on Coruscant. So this is going to put in perspective what we're going to see at the beginning of the Andor series. And there's one other thing that also sets that up as well. It talks about a countdown to war and it says, The Empire ushered in nearly two decades of peace after the violent outburst of the Clone Wars. For a time, a beleaguered galaxy welcomed the sacrifices of freedoms in exchange for the promises of security. But gradually, more and more citizens are waking up to the truly awful nature of the new order of the Empire. Political dissent is transforming into open hostility a period of civil war is inevitable. Now, there's a difference in the kind of open hostility that, say, the Rebel Alliance is used to doing because it was rather remarkable that General Draven ordered an attack on an Imperial base at Edu. Like, that was just stunning as far as the rest of the Alliance leadership saw it. Versus, say, what Saw Guerrero was doing with his insurgency tactics and attacking targets randomly and not worrying about collateral damage or people who were just innocent citizens getting in the way. But we have a picture of an outer rim where the Empire is free to build up his military as far as it can possibly see fit. We see the outer rim also being the space for the fires of rebellion to get started. We see a you know, community or a series of communities, and that's a very important thing for the Andor series, has been spoken about by many of the folks involved in it. Communities that may have initially been okay with the peace as it initially started, but as the Empire increases its predations, as it gets more cruel and more you know, disregarding of native populations and of the harm that they're inflicting on planets and whatnot, that's where we start to see the fires of ember burning. The fires of ember burning, <laughs> the embers of a rebellion starting to burn. How about that? Or starting to go ablaze. <laughs> some turn of phrase like that. And then we have some bits about the Rebel Alliance forming. The guide says that a tempestuous union of star systems has declared itself opposed to Emperor Palpatine's new order. This fragile alliance has begun the great fight to restore the Galactic Republic, though through whatever channels necessary. Out numbered and not always aligned, these idealists need to come together in the growing darkness to cast a light of hope across the galaxy. And Sagarera's partisans may be a part of this as we see it in Andor at the start, but it's not always going to be that way. Um, let's see. So with Saw's things, um, Saw's roving band of insurgents, as it's described in the uh, visual guide here, a group of rebels originating on Onderon who fought so dirty that their actions were disowned by the core Rebel Alliance leadership. And so it stands to reason that we're probably going to see something like that. Maybe not necessarily in this season, but certainly in the second season of the Andor series. And then as far as where this alliance is going to be housed, because they're just creating it, it seems like Dantooine is going to be the place where it happens. So we're actually going to get to see Dantooine probably on screen for the first time, which is pretty awesome. So the note about the Rebel Alliance having a base on Yavin 4 says that after Rebel Alliance High Command abandoned its older base on Dantooine, it chose a jungle moon devoid of intelligent life for its next headquarters. So they went straight from Dantooine to Yavin 4. Now, if the Alliance is officially founded in the year 2 BBY, which I'm saying since, not if, right, then 
it stands to reason that maybe we won't see Dantooine until the second season of Andor, but it is entirely possible we might see it being scattered out during this first season. I mean, after all, why would they pick Dantooine if not for the fact that somebody has some sort of connection to it and knows that that would be a good place for meeting for you know some particular reason or another that it's out of the way enough that nobody would pay any particular attention to it. And I think that's where we're going to leave things for today, setting up the environment that we're going to see in the Andor series based on information that we're gleaning about the history leading up to Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.